Tantrum House Board Gaming Podcast is recorded live from Studio WKRD in Greenville, South Carolina. This podcast is brought to you by our friendly local game store, Boardwalk, purveyors of fine games. Bezier Games, the new classics. AEG, we make fun. The Game Steward, your second chance at Kickstarter games. And Game Toppers, LLC, upgrading your gaming experience. Your hosts are here to help you sort through the cardboard commotion to help you find the diamonds in the rough. So buckle up, especially if you're driving right now, because you're about to arrive at the Tantrum House. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today we got Will Meadows. Melissa Delp. Kevin Delp. And Sarah Meadows. In the house. Happy Monday after Thanksgiving to y'all. Hope you had a very festive holiday with family and friends. Got to enjoy some good eats, maybe even some board games. I know that we have, we will have had in real life time. A fantastic time. I'm confident. <laughs> in today's episode, we are going to talk about a couple games that we've had on the table recently. We also finally got an opportunity to catch up on some of our favorite shows, and so we thought we'd chat about those a little bit. And uh, yeah, I think we're here just to have some fun and enjoy the post-Thanksgiving uh, meat sleeps. What's it called? Food comas? Mm-hmm. What are we, what are we celebrating? To, what's it called? Trip to, what's the thing in the pumpkin pie that everyone talks about? The- or in Turkey. What? Yeah, like makes you sleepy. <laughs> oh, like the chemical, the chemical stuff. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Happiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Trips to Metaphene. I, just yeah, know. I have like no that. idea what it is. So you want to talk about a game that is polarizing now or you want to wait until later in the episode? Ooh, I mean, I have one that could be polarizing too. We just have this whole polarizing right, episode. We'll start. start with the first one. Uh, we have been playing a game called Tribes of the Wind <gasps> from La Boite de Joux, which is, I found out what that actually means in French. What is it? Someone told us in on YouTube. Helpful. It's the game box. Oh, well, clever, maybe. So, there it is. <laughs> the game box. So, Tribes of the Wind is a one to five player game, and it plays in about an hour and a half. Yeah, I mean, player count's going to definitely matter on that it's a set collection card or sorry sorry card management tile laying type game where you are getting cards throughout the game and playing mainly cards there are other things you can do on your turn instead of playing cards but playing cards for actions taking those actions getting resources things like that and then trying to build up your little village uh to win the game uh the game uh, basically on your turn you're only taking one action either playing a card building a village or building a temple and uh, that's pretty much your your options for your turn. But like I said earlier, the main thing you're trying to do is is play a card that works out best. The problem with this is, <laughs> I can't or wait. I should say, that could be frustrating with this is that you just can't play any card from your hand. Some on some turns, you might not be able to meet the requirements to play any of the cards. Any card. This is the interesting. interesting thing that actually drew me into the game. Is you, me too. I haven't played it yet, but I understand. You are looking at the cards the on backs. Your, the backs of the cards of the players to your right and to your left. Only the left and right players. So if there's more than you know that, you're all, don't, you don't care about other players. And they have different color cards. There's red, yellow, blue, and green. And depending on the cards in your hand, it could say, oh, if you have the least blue cards compared to the others, then you can play this card. Mm-hmm. 
but ties don't matter. Can't do ties. So least card or most cards or two cards. Or like there's lots of different combinations of that. Or even count the number of blue cards or count the number of green cards, and you're going to get things like that. That many actions. Yep. Yep. And then if you meet that requirement, then you're allowed to play that card to get the water resource or move your wind riders or play tiles or things like that yeah there are some cards that are only dealing with what's in your hand so there's a couple different icons and there are cards that will give you two different benefits so maybe it's if i have more cards than one of the players beside me i get to do a thing if i have more of that color than both of the players beside me i get to do a better thing Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's degrees Mm -hmm. and then other times it's i just can't play this card because i don't have two red cards in my hand Mm -hmm. or i don't meet the requirement because i have to have fewer cards than my neighbors of that color and you may never be able to do fewer because that player always is keeping that color at a certain level or yeah if you're next to kevin and he decides <laughs> to have five yellow cards in his hand for most Forever. of the game then, yeah. then he'll never then also never be able to play a less blue because i always have less blue cards because i have five yellow or a card that says more yellow than the player <laughs> next to you <laughs> there's things like that so it could be could be frustrating for some people i kind of liked it personally because i was like oh how can i rearrange my hand to make this worth work um there are ways of um getting rid of a lot of cards in your hand at one time and that's by building a temple you can discard three any three cards from your hand and basically build a temple doesn't matter what those three cards are and then you're going to grab three new cards from the market so there are ways of sort of recycling or cycling through your hand which i thought was good some people felt that wasn't that good of an option but i kind of liked it is the market face up or is it they're all face, face down. down so, so all you see but is you the do color. know which icon or whatever you're yeah asking. you know what color the card will be because the back is like the big red flame or mm-hmm. the blue water droplet and each of those colors does sort of correspond most of the time to a specific to action. type of action. so blue cards are going to mainly give you water yellow cards are going to mainly move your wind riders green cards are going to help you get tiles but that not always the case. I would just say it was it was just better Majority. chances yeah. of getting those types of cards. So, yeah, you guys um, had the opportunity to play it at two different player counts. Is that what you said? Four player and five player. Okay. Any difference there? Not really. And I would even see it say three player probably is okay. I would not want to play this at two. Although I think you can. I think probably four, got a variant for that. Probably, or but four players is fine. Five players is fine. Personally, it went the game went a little bit longer, but not. I didn't really bother me. Yeah, our five player game. Kevin and I had already played, and then the other three players were new, so it was a little bit of a learning game. But since you are really only concerned with the two players next to you in a five player game, there's two other players that. You don't care about it at all. Yeah, basically, <laughs> I don't care what they do, except if they're taking cards from the market before it gets to me. I'm like, oh, I really I need... <laughs> One of our friends was getting a little no- annoyed because the player in front of him was taking all the blue cards, all and he's like, I just need a blue card. It's a blue, blue card, yeah. <laughs> Because there's like a card in your hand, or there's there is a card in the deck that's like, you need one of each color mm-hmm. like to play a card, so... Um, Yeah, some other interesting things about the game is each player board is is asymmetric. So you have a player power associated with that board. The temples that you build, each one has a benefit. So, Mm -hmm. oh, I build this one and it's going to give me water. I build this one, I get a discount to place a tile, that sort of thing. And those are different for each player. And then there are 
basically requirements that if I meet a seat, a certain goal, I can play one of my guide cards. It's like a power card. There's four or five of them. Yeah, four of the, four of the beginning, but you're only going to be able to play two throughout the game. So that gives you some opportunities to get ongoing benefits throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Like one of mine was when I place a tile, I get water. Or you place a tile and I can move my wind riders, which are necessary for building villages, mm-hmm. which basically flipping your tile over, getting some benefits. Villages are the way you get to the end of the game. I did a video, which I'm still actually editing, and I, but I didn't talk about theme too much in that video, and I thought maybe I could just talk a little bit about the theme. So Tribes of the Wind is sort of like post-apocalyptic sort of thing. Um, Very colorful. Vince Dutre is the artist. He did a great job. I actually really, really like the art, not only because it's him, but he did a good job on incorporating the colors. So if the color is yellow then the the um, illustration is going to have a lot of yellow in it but if it's got a green power on the yellow card he incorporates that green color into the yellow card on the on the action i really think that was very cool on how he did that but i will say overall i didn't really feel like it was thematic you're removing these pollution tokens from your board placing tiles and basically flipping your top i didn't feel like you were terraforming the earth right again. i i mean it just was like oh i just want water get the tile remove pollution get wind move the wind riders we, we did call the wind riders angels because they they're yellow and they kind of have like wings <laughs> and we're just like the angels the angels are moving yeah. to the top so basically you're just trying to complete these goals now i can sort of see where the theme is trying to trying to go in but to me it was less theme and more mechanic that i i was I was fine with, but I feel like some people would not like it because it's so restrictive. Did you feel like it was the type of game where you benefited? Like, were you holding the yellow cards because you needed to play them and you wanted to stack yeah. them? Or were you trying to spite the person next to you? No, like, what's so the- I actually was able to build up my guide power. And it was every time I play a yellow card, I get three water resources. So I'm like, why not just get max, a bunch of resources? Yeah, just, why not just max that out to as possible? And usually, usually having all those cards means... I'm going to be able to play one or two of those cards because I'll have the most yellow or I'll Mm -hmm. be able to, some of them are like, if you have two yellow, then you can do this action. Right. So it's it's usually affecting what my cards are. And usually I'm going to have more than the players to my left and right. So once you start collecting a set Mm -hmm. of things, right. Or you even counted the number of yellow cards or you don't have any blue cards and you can play the card. So there's a lot of, to me, stacking up on one color was actually a benefit for me. It's a little frustrating for the me sitting mm-hmm. next to it. So what was the you're saying uh, what was the 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 title of the of the video you said I should I should put in my game or for the video? Oh, I don't remember. How to how to lose friends. And- oh. <laughs> oh, cuz Kevin was was giving that kind of as a tip for like <laughs> just collect all the same color and I'm like, "Yes, how to lose friends at the table." No, 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 but it was better than that. It was like how to win how to win oh, tribes how to win the game but lose your friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was kind of funny what is the uh, actual end game trigger like how so the building game five villages so okay. someone could rush the end by just trying to build the five villages and then basically ends the round and play one more round um people actually thought i was going to do that but my some of my goals i hadn't completed i don't think people were aware of that so they thought the game was about to end cuz i only had to build one more village and they only had like built like two so they were really like, oh, oh I can't do over. what I can't do. It's, it's already over. Turn. Right. So but I was thinking to myself, I actually still need to 
build like three like I needed to do other things before I could to complete goals and they're like you're not ending it I'm like nope and then it came around again they're like you're not ending it again I'm like nope <laughs> but it actually worked out at my advantage because I was able to complete those goals get another like 20 points and I still ended the game like the third round because I only had to build one more yeah one interesting thing when you build a village and you only have five on your board so you're maximum of five is you're going to take a village card and those cards either have an end game goal that you can score for points or an automatic power benefit. So each time you build a village, you're making that decision. Do I slot the card and try to achieve the goal to get somewhere between like seven and 11 points ish? Mm. Or do I take the, the water and the tile and the wind riders or, or whatever the, automatic benefits going to be. Wow, we waxed eloquent about trying you to win. You guys did. That's right. Sorry. I want to know how polarized everybody in the audience was. Do but you, you said you had a polarizing game? Yeah, I do. So I had the opportunity to play the new Deal with the Devil oh, game from uh, CGE. The polarizing the theme? Yeah, yeah. Very much so. <laughs> uh, this is one that we had an opportunity to sneak a peek at when we were at Essen, and then uh, we got a copy home. And so Jonah and I got to play it with uh, Larry and some other people at our game night this last week. It's a four-player only game. So there's no solo variant. Oh, you can't even that. play two or three. It's got to be exactly four players. No more, no less. Yeah. In the game, everybody is uh, basically like a medieval kingdom, and they are trying to build up their their castle and their the buildings in their castle. And the interesting thing is, while the theme is very present in the game, the game itself is not like a social deduction game, uh-huh. really. It's an engine builder, uh, resource management type of game. <clears throat> you have a really interesting privacy shield basically your castle and it's like three levels you have an outside wall that blocks everybody's vision on top of that stacks the floor and then on top of that is another privacy wall reminds me of alchemists it does have a lot of that kind of feel to it i agree you are it's the same designer that what there it is uh at the very beginning of the game you do get a secret role you're either uh the devil you're a cultist i believe or you're a normal townsperson. So two people are going to be normal townspersons. You get a uh, one of the interesting pieces in the game, and I guess this makes sense. It's got the alchemist like app assisted thing going on. You get a I don't even know what to really call it a barrel, a crate, and the crate like slides open, so it's like a two layer cardboard, and then inside of the crate is like a compartment. And at the very beginning of the game, you get your secret identity in there along with your starting resources and the devil gets a bunch of starting resources. Everybody else gets like one or two things. You've got, I think four different resources in the game. And then on the bottom of these crates is a QR code. And so at the beginning of the game, during the first trading round, you are offering resources to other players in the game. And there's a little dial that determines like what the cost is. So you can say, here's a, you know, a marble sculptured head and a piece of wood and a piece of uh, grain. And I want four coins for it. And then you slide it shut, you pass all the crates into the middle of the table, and then you wave them over the app, and the app scans the QR code and tells you who to hand it to. So it says, hand this to the green player, hand this one to the blue player, hand this one to the red player. So you have no idea who else you're actually trading with at the table. You get the the option, you open it up, you look at it, you're like, oh, I could really use this, and I have four coins. So you can either take the trade, you pull out the components, put in the coins, slide it back in, 
or you can reject it. And then you actually do it a second time. Your offer goes to another person at the table. Again, they either open it up and find that all oh, the deal has already been taken or it wasn't taken. Oh, I'll take this offer. And then they put it back. The app again tells you to get it back to the person who actually gave it to you because they're all identical. You don't know. And then you open it up and find out either they took the trade or they didn't. The thing is, in the game, you can also trade parts of your soul in exchange for resources. Or cruxes. Maybe. <laughs> Everybody has a uh, three-part soul. And so, the well, sorry, the two humans have three soul pieces they can change. The cultist has, like, two dark souls or whatever that he can change. And then I, I don't think the devil has any souls. Jonah was, of course, the devil, so I don't know what his exact role was. <laughs> um, but in the game, you make those trades. And so your soul... You know, they might say, here's a bunch of resources, but I want a piece of your soul in order to do it. Mm. And then you get the resources, you buy buildings and upgrade cards and add stuff to your castle. Uh, it's, of course, set collection as well. So if you can get like three of this type of building, you get a little cool banner that you hang on the front of your castle. Like it's got all these neat components in the game. And then uh, the game, there's a lot to it. It's a long game. It's like a two hour game. Longest social deduction game I've ever played. No, no, you guys were gone there three hours. I mean, it's supposed to be two hours. <laughs> <laughs> they were learning. It probably was three hours. Yeah, we had Jonah was like reading each round as we went. And that's the interesting thing about the game is that round to round, it's not actually the same. So the first two rounds are the same. The third round, there's like the Inquisition. And so uh, you flip over some cards, some Inquisitors come into town and they you vote on who you want the Inquisitors to like check on or whatever and so that person everybody like reveals their voting tokens if they all vote for a majority of you know get some one person gets a majority of votes they have to reveal three pieces of soul or or claim that they have three pieces or something i think you, you have to be honest and so if you've either a sold your soul to the devil to get resources then you're going to take a hit if you are the cultist and you started off with fewer you can actually offer resources to people in exchange for their soul so they might think you're the devil so now you've got three souls i had three souls because i had not sold mine and i bought somebody else's basically i was the cultist uh so i wasn't supposed to have three but i had gained one and so then it threw everybody off because they were like oh he's obviously not the cultist he has a third soul uh <laughs> so it's just really crazy interesting stuff going on interesting and you do get the chance then to vote for who you think the cultist is or the devil is maybe it's both the first round or the second round i don't know there's a lot of different things going on if you vote correctly then that person like suffers you know loss of resources or something and over the course of, I think, five or six rounds, you get to the very end. And then if you are able to determine who the devil is, you get bonuses. If you're not, you know, if you get called out, you're in trouble. I made the mistake of taking the devil's deal in the very first round and then getting a ton of resources. But then I talked about it. I was because I was like trying to make sure it was obvious that I'm not the devil. I was like, look, at all these resources I got. Ha ha. I'm not the devil. You guys I'm buying all this stuff up. Well, then when the Inquisitor comes into town, whoever has the most resources also like suffers. So they were like, vote for will. And it was terrible. And at the end of the game, we did pull it off because they, everybody was convinced that I was the devil and that Jonah was the cultist, which was actually flipped. So we got away with it. And then at the very end, it still comes down to like, how well did you raise your kingdom? And I think uh, Larry knocked us out of the park. Like he had a million points because he had been able to stack all of his cards and his colors correctly and had all the necessary icons. Uh, it was neat. It was a really interesting game. I would definitely be up for trying it again. The fact that you have to have four players also makes it interesting in the game. There's like once or two times where you have to like do something with the person on your left, do something with the person on your right, do something with the person across from you. So like the fact that you have such a tight fixed number 
allowed them to like I think really kind of finesse the mechanics in the game because they don't have to deal with like what if three people are playing here? what if six people so it just played very smooth the app thing worked seamlessly it was actually kind of funny the first time we played it we were like waiting for it to like turn on the camera or whatever like show us what it was previewing so we're like is it working is the app on I don't know what's happening why is there supposed to be music what's taking so long and then like finally Larry just like waved the crate over and it was like ding he was like oh we, we're dumb <laughs> <laughs> like it was so simple and beautiful it just worked uh it was neat it was a really interesting game obviously the theme could be very polarizing the uh the artwork for it i don't know what that style of art is called did you see the box cover mm-hmm. like it's a very specific type of like illustration style yeah like like papal i don't know what it is but like 14th century papal illustration or something. I don't know. Like it sticks pretty true to the, like the ways that they portray like the demons in it are like comical mm-hmm. looking to us now, but they're pretty authentic to what. Mm-hmm. To that time period. Yeah. Yeah. It does have an alchemist feel. I wonder if it's the same illustrator too. Possibly. They, CGE does a good job of like not like they have those cool skulls that are in adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the same skulls that are in whatever. Sulkin. Yeah. Sulkin. So they use like the same molds, <laughs> which just means that all their games have decent components. Sure. So uh, same deal in this one. I think it even comes with like component trays to hold your resources and stuff. And cool. yeah, it was a very solid experience. Really enjoyed it. Well, we also played another CGE game. Whoa. Starship, CGE episode. Starship Captains. Oh, yeah. I saw that one. Uh, so we have played this a couple of times now. And you are in charge of a starship. Going around the galaxy, you have a crew, uh, different, uh, basically your crew is divided into different colors, yellow, red, blue, gray, is gray a cadet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And basically you're using the, the your crew to take certain types of actions, like moving your ship, getting tech cards, repairing your ship, fighting pirates, things like that. Um, this game is all about like getting um, more powerful as the game goes on with um, almost like uh, the game that we talked about earlier where you're trying to sort of elongate your your round um, by trying to like use the things that you have to make sure that you're not passing too early. So that was our previous episode. Oh, wow. Which, um, spoiler, we're... It's the same night. <laughs> we're, we're pre-recording. So uh, Kevin's remembering, I think, we were talking about woodworking and Lost Ruins of Arnok in the last episode of yep. how... You're trying to do more with your free actions mm-hmm. on your turns. So you can upgrade your your um, your crew. Um, you can have like if you spend medals, you can basically become one of your crew can become a commander. Actually, you can have up to five commanders in the game. But then your commanders can do basically more powerful things like taking two mission rewards or doing an action twice or things like or going to a room twice or or what's the one where you're actually getting another crew member you, you can command a subordinate command a subordinate yeah subordinate i actually used that at the end of the game last time to actually accomplish a mission that i didn't think i was going to be able to accomplish because i needed another crew i need actually needed two crew in order to complete a mission because you are basically using your crew to complete missions which are giving you benefits plus giving you points yeah, so um, basically the starship, your player board is really interesting. It's, they are cool it's looking dual layered and yeah. it looks like a little shaped like a- enterprise or something like mm-hmm. that. And there's a track that your little miniatures figures are mm-hmm. in. And once they're used, they slide along, along this track. And then at the beginning of the next round, 
the ones at the beginning of the queue slide into, into your, your ready room, mm -hmm. but then some of them stay in the track. So it's it's keeping your crew members in order of how you played them. The interesting thing about this, you know, a lot of worker placement type games, you there's sometimes ways to get more workers. And sometimes you're like, oh, I get this because I didn't get more workers. And then the other players maybe are not able to do that. Well, in this game, there's everyone has a set number of workers and every, not every round, but certain rounds, you're getting new workers. So everyone sort of has the same number. But, <laughs> but... There That's are, how Everdell is, your favorite game. But there are artifacts that you can get, which basically can act almost as a worker, and you're basically spending artifacts in order to activate a room if you're putting them together to activate the certain color. Yeah, you sounds can also, like a winning strategy. You, yeah, I did not get enough artifacts last get time we played. Um, you can also get androids, which are a temporary one-time worker, but they mainly can do missions. They can't activate mm -hmm. rooms for other actions. Mm -hmm. So missions are going to be cards that are on the universe board. Mm -hmm. There's galaxy. a galaxy board with planets on it. And you have a little cardboard starship that's flying around. Mm -hmm. And you can land on a planet and then on a future turn complete that mission. And the mission is going to show certain colors and... Um, benefits and if you can match up the same colored crew member with the lines on the mission then you can activate those and the missions are going to be worth points the missions are where you're going to get most of your points in the game so you're using your people either to activate rooms like kevin was saying or to complete the mission so you kind of have to figure mm -hmm. out where you want to spend your people the other thing is i just want to mention before we move on is the tech board so you have your ship but you also have to the right of that or the left is your tech board where you're adding tech cards and the 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 board itself has icons on them which i find very very helpful as you're getting those tech cards you're able to match up icons which are basically giving you free things like repairing and moving your ship and getting more metals which are able to basically compound what you're actually able to do. I think that's how I was able to elongate my turn a little bit more because I was like, oh, I'll just play a blue ensign in order to get a card which able to actually move my ship so that next turn I don't have to move my ship. It's already moved so I can complete a mission. So doing those kinds of things I think are helpful. Yeah, definitely. If you can find tech cards that are giving you benefits mm -hmm. or getting those free actions or missions that are giving you free actions mm – -hmm. Um, can really boost oh, you as you play. We didn't talk about, I know you're about to say, the what are those tracks the called? The faction boards. The faction boards are so, I didn't know how important they were till we played it the second time. Because I went around the, almost all of them. I was like, one of them actually does give you a, another worker. <gasps> Will. What? One of them does. Figured I forgot. Out. The faction, one of the faction boards <laughs> at the end of the board, which takes a long time to get through, gives you an extra cadet. And then you win. <laughs> it did give me the win, I think. So, yeah, we've played it a few times and definitely, I mean, the first time was a learning game. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the second time is like, oh, I can do this or going up this track is going to give me benefits. So I think it's not a heavy game. No. I, I would put it. Ticket to ride-ish. Maybe a little bit more. Ticket it, to ride plus. Yeah. I, I would put it in the medium category. Um but there's still some things that we're figuring out about it. I like the 
kind of Star Trek-esque feel mm-hmm. to it. That's what it kind of the illustrations look like and the colors and all of that remind me of that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if this one's going to go in my top 10 or not. That's good. It, it may be a little light for me. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's not like, oh, I really want to play. You know, there's those games. Your top 10 games are like, I really want to play these games. Like, okay. I'd play, I it, I'd play it again. If someone's like, I'll play Starship Captains, I'll be like, sure. But it's not something I'm like, oh, I really want to play Starship Captains. I really want to play Woodcraft. <laughs> Sign me I up. remember if, last episode. Yes. <laughs> if you didn't hear last episode, go back there and we uh, wax eloquent on Woodcraft for a little while. Let's jump into a word from our episode sponsor. Today's sponsor is Crafting Kingdoms. They're launching a game found campaign that's currently live and they offer board game bags and play mats. Their board game bag holds up to seven standard size board games like Wingspan and Ticket to Ride. It has four external pockets, two internal pockets, some uh, special cords for the play mat, and you can choose from six color combinations and five different prints. Now, for their play mats, there's eight sizes that are three millimeter thick. There's six rectangular, one square, and one round with a stitched edging and no slip backing. There is an upgrade that you can get, and that is a light strip edge, which sounds really cool to me. So if you're looking for a new custom board game bag or some new table playmats, check out the Crafting Kingdoms Game Found project going on now. Should we wax eloquent on some of the TV shows that we've been watching? Let's do it. They're not even TV shows anymore. What do you call them when they're streaming shows? shows? Just shows? shows? Episodic shows. You guys don't even have a TV. This is correct. No, we do. Oh, we do. We do. We didn't for a long time. We didn't for a long time. In your room? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We got a computer, a projector, no TV. Okay. But we still watch some shows. We have two TVs. One works and one doesn't work. <laughs> one of them we use go. as a glorified monitor when we play Mansions of Madness <laughs> or Journeys in Middle Earth. That's okay. the That's only good. thing we use it for. It's like a 40-inch TV. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the, just the HDMI works and nothing else? What's the... Yeah, we, don't, we haven't hooked it up to the satellite or anything. Gotcha. So. No inputs coming in. Right. All right, so what spoiler warnings are we giving spoiler people? Warnings. What are we We're about talk to talk about? about? Andor. Up if you've ever to... watched any shows, don't listen. <laughs> Andor, which is on Disney Plus, we're going to talk about up to episode nine. Episode nine. So if you don't want to know anything, Pat, or one through nine, then just stop listening. <laughs> and we are recording this a few weeks early, so I'm assuming you should have time. in real time there have been a few more episodes. Actually, ten, eleven. This might, they might be over by night by, by now. By the time you watch this, all of our predictions will be incorrect. Yeah, I think so, because we were episode nine, there's only 10, 11, 12, so there's only three more weeks, and this is definitely going to be out after those three weeks, so. <sighs> we'll have to listen it. back and we'll go, to listen we were what so, were, so wrong. What were we talking about? So, here's the thing. I do know they've already planned on season two. Oh, okay. They've said that it is a two-season arc. Okay. So I think there's only going to be two seasons, and we know why. Right, <laughs> because we, we know how it one. is. <laughs> right. I do. One of my favorite things is seeing characters. The moment that they revealed, you're like, "Oh yeah, they're okay, good." I was wondering where they were going to come in at. Uh-huh. Uh, so I always enjoy that when I watch a prequel and mm-hmm. like, okay, here's the backstory. Um, I have generally enjoyed it. I don't right. watch any of the comics. I don't know any of the back yeah, history on all these things. Um, I did watch Rogue One a couple times. Um, I'm fascinated 
by Andor's early childhoodness. Okay. I actually assumed that I don't know anybody's name. So I'm so terrible at this. The woman who works in the junkyard or whatever that is called the engineering location. I assumed that was like his sister back on Andor. No, 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 no. no. Remember? I'm saying now I know that. But but when they were showing it, I was like, oh, the reason he's friends with this lady who works here is because they grew up on the same But then they had relations on one of the episodes. (laughs) He didn't, did he? Andor himself? No. Didn't he? With Biggs? Biggs is the person I'm talking about, so that's correct. I don't think so. She ended up like hanging out with her other co-worker person, but not him. Oh, maybe I'm thinking about someone else. Um, But I assume that they were brother and sister. Like, that was the relationship going back. And then apparently he got saved from the planet and everybody else, I assume, got murdered. Uh-huh. So apparently he's just friends with her for a long time. We don't know why. So what was the point of his whole childhood? Lady? Yeah. She's the one who saves him. Right. Well, I mean, they, I guess, kind of grew up. Together, because she, I'm assuming she brought him to that planet and he so grew up there. Been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Childhood friends, and I think they used to date. So, other than the fact that the old lady saved him, yep. do we need to know anything about his childhood? No. Like, I was confused by why that was like, like why is it so three like it's like, <laughs> right. Because he's got midichlorians in him or something like that. Right. right. No, I don't think so. I thought maybe, oh, maybe he stole that part off of that original plane and he's had it for 20 years. Nope. Also nope. not true. Also not true. I was like, I don't understand the purpose of this whole telling us he's from. Where the, what's the name of this planet? Again, I should take yeah. notes on these things before no, I start. No. I don't think it's important. Right, right. Other than the fact that only like two or three people knew that he was from it, I guess. Which then helped the police find him. That's true. Because he was a canary or whatever. Speaking of characters that you're like, oh, how's that going to work out? The the android the android the yeah trash can robot guy no 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 not the oh, trash nope. can. oh the one from Rogue One the one from oh, Rogue right, right. One sorry yes and they come at, I think it's like episode six or seven and I'm like oh, is he is this where he becomes friends with the guy nope oh when when he gets arrested when he gets arrested <laughs> for being um, a tourist <laughs> right also terrible I was like what I mean I know it's part of the storyline but I'm like this is some weird things going on I generally agree I've I've been entertained and the episodes have been fascinating enough to hold me in but i really don't know that i love the story in general like dude he's been in jail for a long time now i've watched way too many times him just like screwing a piece of metal together <laughs> like i need to see this four times during this episode like i do agree. i get like, it Will's like i could make that piece now <laughs> right i have figured out the process <laughs> give me 30 seconds i'm in there we were breaking records I don't know why I've watched that so but, many times, but it is interesting because of like how like you're tr- you're trying to figure out how how is the escape going to happen? Is there an uprising? Is he just escaping, or is like I think you know here's like yeah, make a prediction. Let's right, hear prediction it. Prediction is like the whole thing, like all the prisoners are uprising. Everybody's I, doing it. I think so. A total rebellion because level two is no longer around. Right. It's like people are going to that. That's going to you fast. Yes, that were you know spread the word and oh man yeah I like that he did finally convince his boss guy but like that was a great final episode at the end of nine end of nine good he, final line right he's asking him like how many he's obviously been there a long time he's trying to get information out of him doesn't tell him anything how many guards on each floor eleven or whatever he says I don't remember what else. twelve <laughs> twelve that's like the last line <laughs> right. twelve oh he's that's in like, he's oh, in now oh, all right yeah. they're gonna escape I can tell. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be so, curious to see what happens. So, yeah, so we're talking about episode nine. There's three episodes left. Is it going to be <laughs> three more episodes of them escaping? I hope not. Right, I hope it's I not hope three more episodes of them screwing hope, metal together. <laughs> I hope episode 10 is the 
big escape and then the next little like story arc until the end of episode 12 setting up whatever the next setting up thing a little is episode, and then the sort of i hope it's a cliffhanger right. i don't, don't like cliffhangers but and i hope this it is. is where you need one you need a great one to make you come back next for semester. season two season. yeah yeah. I need to watch Rogue One again, although maybe I should wait until the end of season two. <laughs> I agree. Because then it's like, thing. oh, just watch it. But it's going to probably be a couple years, so I could probably watch Rogue One and be like, how are they going to make it like seamless? Because they did. I felt like that was pretty seamless from Rogue One into episode four when like uh, R2-D2 or uh, Princess Leia puts the little card into yes, R2-D2. That and was it was beautiful. Like that was a great little like connection We've piece. We've arrived. Right. Yep. So. I agree with that. They ha- they know what the story is going to be, so if they don't, it's, I just it's don't stupid. remember how Rogue One started. I don't either. I agree with this. So, I was and like, I don't oh, even, okay. right. Set us up for it. Yeah. Give us back in there. Uh, I liked the uh, damn explosion action. Like that was a cool whole thing going on with them undercover and using soldiers. I feel like I will say, I don't think maybe I'm wrong in this. I don't think people watch Star Trek mm-hmm. because it's all about like exploring strange new worlds, right? Star Wars has plenty of strange new worlds, but I think people watch Star Wars because of the Force and lightsabers. The fact that there are none of those so far is disappointing to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, give me a reference they're to... They're not going to have any of that in this. I know they're not. And I was, I was like, like, Rogue One itself, that's how it is. It's its own story, separate in the universe. Like, mm-hmm. they maybe hint one or two times to references of it. Um, you know, the one guy's like, I'm one with the Force. Like, yeah, he yeah. doesn't even... That when you really know me, what a I'm Jedi is, right? Right, right. Um, I just need a little more of that. Okay. I need, they don't, I don't, it doesn't have to be light, giant lightsaber battles or whatever, but I want, like, they need to be talking about it at least. <laughs> and I need to know that, like, oh, this guy, oh, yeah, this is where wherever was born at. Now I know because that's what I care about. So, I mean, we're, we're sort of, you know, the whole, the whole Andor is about the start of the rebellion, sort of. Right. I mean, right. like how, where are they getting their money? How are they, how do they begin raising the army? All this kind of stuff. And so this other sort of political thing that we're sort of seeing in each episode with Mon Mothma. Is it Mon Mothma? Is that her Sounds name? Sounds good. Yeah. yeah yes. Mothma. That that's close. I think it's Mon Mothma. Um, it is interesting to see that side of it. Although it's very slow sometimes. I'm yes. like, what is happening? She's basically riding her Cadillac from place <laughs> to place, speaking to this in the Senate, which is kind of a cool little scene with the... Right, I only need like one of those. That's okay. enough for me. <laughs> and then like, what's her relationship with the other people and her old friend from college or high school or mm-hmm. whatever? <laughs> so do we think that she's going to make it through the season is she gonna get found out oh spy wise um, is she gonna get like does she have to go become an actual full-on rebel without money hmm. the main guy i don't know what his name is either the seller yeah yeah he's in the new movie or he's in rogue one right i don't remember he is and i don't okay. remember what his actual role is okay i did like that he went from being like the bald guy that i recognized to having slicked back silver hair okay. and then short shaggy yellow hair i was like oh. i need to see this happen more often what about the <laughs> other rebel guy that like in rogue one had like the um air mask thing permanently on yeah permanently yeah, on I then saw. this one he was definitely younger and his role and that, that's kind of cool that sort of throw back to that too. i like all the characters being thrown in i need ryan here to tell me all their names and their backstories because i'm just yeah. watching the show although i asked knowledge. ryan he hasn't watched this yet what yeah i'm like ryan, ryan what's up ryan it's gonna be hard to edit this <laughs> you're welcome no, oh i gotta edit this episode <laughs> <laughs> that was happening Should we all right just, so 
Any predictions? They're all going to escape a giant uprising. My prediction is is episode 10, it happens. Okay. And then Coming episode up. 11 and 12 is another little story arc to get them to season two. Do we assume that the stuff that they're building is like the it's structure ships. of the Death, Death Star? Star? Is it like, I, I hope that we get to see like, oh, all these octagonal pieces fit <laughs> together and form the frame of a giant Death Star. That's what I'm assuming. So it's Death Star or do you think they're just ships? I was Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa? Um, yeah, I have no idea what they're building. Okay, so star let's go to Andor's boss. Is he making it? To, is he part of the Rebels? Like, what's happening with Oh, with you're Gollum? talking Andy Serkis? Yeah, yeah do Gollum. I just recognize him as an actor, or he's is he Gollum. in Rogue One as well? He's Gollum. Oh, I don't know if he's in... I, don't know. I recognize I him as an come. actor. I mean, he was in... Um, Black Panther, right? Yeah, he was in Black Panther. Well, yeah, he's been in a bunch Panther, of stuff. But... He's in Marvel stuff, yeah. But he's Gollum. I mean, he, that's who he is. Right. And I've actually listened to Andy Serkis. Well, we've listened to a lot of. He has narrated The Hobbit on audio book. He does a good job. Mm-hmm. So. Especially with the Gollum parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a uh, tough dude. I don't. It doesn't look like he is in Rogue One, so... Oh, he's not. He's so, not going to make it. So no, I'm gonna, okay, I predict he makes it into season two. <laughs> Something happens to him in season two. That's my prediction. Will, you're saying he doesn't make it to season two? I don't think he does. I think he dies at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I think he's a goner. Okay, so we also have the um, cousin of Mon Mothma, who we find, find out the girl who's another socialite, but was also like one of the rebels that Andor worked with. Right. That was kind of a cool the, little thing that she, she was, showed up. She was related. And that's why I do think that the Mon Mothma could end up as an actual rebel because if her cousin is like, you know, high class, but also leading whatever secret missions, mm-hmm. she could join the party and be on board. She, you just checking to see if she's in, like... <laughs> now Will's doing spoilers. Mo- right. Don't spoil just look at the actors so, for... What do we think about the creepy, fired um, soldier or police guy? Wait, wait, which one? Oh, the, the one... Oh, with, that's with, another with story. The <laughs> with yeah. the overbearing the, mom. The mom. Oh, crazy. So the mom is from Harry Potter. Like, she, she was she was one of the um, neighbors of Harry Potter. That's um, A squib, a squib, right? Yeah, she is from a magical family, but doesn't have magic. Anyways, she's like the poor, like the, the old poor. cat lady. Oh, <laughs> poor lady. Anyway, I don't know if you reckon you've watched any Harry Potter. It's been a while. Okay, so that's where I recognized her from. But yeah, so I, her son. Yeah. He had that really weird interaction with the, with the blonde <laughs> lady. The ISB agent. Yeah, I thought Melissa and I were at the beginning thinking that the ISB agent was actually like a secret agent. And like, she was, she's a traitor. Like she's a traitor. Like but, in the very beginning episodes, but right. now, now we like, know she's evil. Right. She's she's full on. She uh, basically Empire. reminds me of like Starbuck. I think if they just had whatever her name is, Kara Thrace. No, that's her stage name. <laughs> Play her, it'd be the same character. No, <laughs> I don't know. Katie Sackoff. There we go. She was the right person for the role. They got some other lady. Never. Seen Katie Sackoff is, is in Star Wars. She's, yes. uh, she's Bo-Katan. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They can't have her twice from the same galaxy. Shoot. Different character. Well, I need some more Bo-Katan then in there. Um, I'm actually really torn. Here's the thing. Andor is not a good guy. He, like, straight up kills two people at the beginning of the show. Oh, and then he kills the other guy. The other dude, like, is talking about sh- taking the money, and he's just like, shoot him in the head. I'm out of here. <laughs> so Andor is definitely a villain. This other dude, who's just trying to obey the law, trying to do his job... 
has no great mother. His name. Clear yeah. his name. He's like a good guy, and I can't stand him. <laughs> they have done terrible things to my mind in this show because I'm cheering for the murderer guy, and I'm like, this dude is a dork. Get out of my face. Like, what is going on? <laughs> and he's like just the best decent person in the show. It's confusing. They're messing with me. No, I, I think, do you think he'll turn? Do you think he'll become, like, he'll be a, become a rebel? Okay, I'm going to just say it. I think he'll become a rebel. You think so? No, but no. I'm going to say uh, it. I no, think, I don't I think, think so. he'll try to get his job in, like, Imperial in stuff. In ISB back. stuff, okay. I think, he's, I think he's doomed to be the unlucky character. Like, he's going to uncover some plot, like, have all the evidence pointed out, mm. would be the hero, but then, like, botch it at the last second and get or, framed or someone else gets all the credit yeah the girl, the girl he ends up in jail or something and but he actually was like on the right track okay i don't know we'll see what happens yeah now have you watched the tales of the jedi should we talk about those for five more first, minutes sure the first two episodes so she's born and then the second one was no i think we've seen three. Oh, we've seen three episodes because ahsoka was oh. the first one and then we found out um count dooku that's the third one. The that was a good one. one. I okay. like that one. Um, quite John. Where they tried to kill the people or something. That was the second one. Okay. Man, Did you I make it just... to the town? Like where they, yeah, that was Dooku. Where they like, they had the overbearing Lord who they kidnapped his son. Right. The Sith Lord. That's the third one? No, that's the second one. That's the second one. What's the third one? The third one is uh, with Count, no, bald Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah. We saw that one too. And Miss Windu. Miss Windu. Yeah. I think that was kind of like more political than did, anything. Did, did, <laughs> it didn't one didn't stick with me as much. Uh, I've watched several. I think I've maybe seen all the ones that are currently out. And I have enjoyed the... Um, like, I, I like the way that they're revealing the characters and not saying their names. I'm like, that looks like that actor. I think it's that character. I called most Ka- of them. Ka- yeah, most have been doing pretty good. I called Dooku, but I didn't call Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh, I called both. Oh, did you? Yeah. Because I was like, my kids were like, who is that? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Count Dooku. And then it, I was like, I don't know who this Padawan nerd kid is. And then... I'm like, that's totally N- Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> I should have recognized the accent. It wasn't him. It was actually his son. Did you know his son did the voice for that? Really? Yeah, but, that's pretty cool. But like... It right, just they did have like it. The actor. As soon as they said it, I was like, "Oh, it's Qui Gon." So then I was like really excited because I was like, "We're going to see young Qui Gon." We only get to see him for like ten more minutes, um, but I do like the like backstory of putting this all together. The most recent episode that I watched, I'll spoil it a little bit, with, but not too much. Um, features we're back to um, the first Osaka. Yeah, Osaka, and she is now being trained under Anakin, and it's very similar to I don't know which series, but like whatever the cartoon series are that featured the two of them anyway. Mm-hmm. And it ends very cool. Cause it like bleeds it like literally the last second of the episode bleeds into one of the other episodes from, oh. I, don't, I Clone can't Wars remember. Or yeah, probably Clone Wars. Um, and I actually didn't recognize it at first. And my kids were like, Oh, Oh, this is the battle thing. You know, whatever. And I was <laughs> like, Oh, it is. You're right. Oh, that's cool. So they've done some neat stuff developing, that's cool. like telling us some of the missing pieces of all these stories. I've enjoyed most of the animated Star Wars stuff, cool. and this was right in there. I, I had a good time watching them. So if you are a Star Wars fan, tell us all the things we got wrong. <laughs> Give us your predictions. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye! Bye.
Thanks for listening to the Tantrum House Board Game Podcast. If you liked any part of this at all, find and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and tantrumhouse.com. Like us, share us, email us, call us, or send us a postcard to Tantrum House, 306 Berry Drive, that's B-A-R-R-Y, Greer, South Carolina, 29650.